guys sound amazing. Thank you so much for singing with us and loving us so well. I'm going to pass you on over to Laura now as we just hear more of what God has placed on her heart. Whatever you want, my friend. Oh, I'm on. Ha <laughs> ha. At least I didn't ask her, do I have spinach in my tea? <laughs> Holy Spirit, we not only welcome you, we just confess that if you don't do something, it won't be done. That it will just be words. Oh Lord, will you come? Will you be here? Will you speak to us, Lord? Break down the unassailable walls that we have put up that we're not even aware of. We look to you, Lord, as our teacher. How we thank you that we have a loving teacher. We ask for your will to be done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, this is it is such a blessing, isn't it, to be here? Doesn't it just seem like fresh water? I just have been so blessed. Um, so as we close, if anyone wants to follow me, Jesus said, let him deny himself. He must deny himself. Pick up his cross daily and follow. And that's our last portion is how to follow. It's following the leader. If a hundred Christians were asked which book they considered most valuable of all books, well, I think we would all answer the Bible. But if those same Christians were asked how many times they had read through the Bible, I think the percentage might be a lot lower. Why is that? I know for me, I had my excuses. I even had uh, the wrong, the wrong um, reasoning for reading the Bible. I thought, well, you know, my best friend wrote this book. I better read it or I'll hurt his feelings. I can't find the time. You know, I had a lot of kids. <laughs> and one of them especially, it seemed like, when my breathing changed from sleep breathing to awake breathing, he could be in a completely different part of the house, but he would hear that breathing change, and he was right there. And if you have kids like that, it's like, also, you know, if he heard a candy wrapper after he was in bed, if like, you know, my husband and I were in bed like with one candy bar to share, he'd hear that. You will never have time to read the Bible. So you have to make time to read the Bible. It's a decision. It's a choice. You do it. And that is how you're going to grow. That is how you're going to change. That is how you're going to really have abundant life. So for me, it's in the morning. Because I'm a morning person. But you know, it's amazing, isn't it? You start, uh, I get up in the morning and I start making something to drink and sit down. And suddenly as I close, as I bend my head, I see there's you know, lint on the floor. 
and suddenly I am obsessed with that lint. It must be picked up now. But you do have to make time for the word. I also didn't know which translation was best. Oh my gosh, you go to a store or you go on Amazon and it's like all these translations of the Bible. I tried the King James Version initially and I kind of got lost with the Israelites in Leviticus. And then I tried, okay, there is a Bible called the Geneva Bible. This is Acts 21.15 in the Geneva Bible. We trust up our fardels and left. And I left with them. (laughs) Some of us are closet New Living Translation readers. We take our New Living Translation to church with a New King James cover on it. Well, of of these translations I've mentioned, the best one is the one you read and obey. When I finally determined to read the word every day, there was a lot I didn't understand. And I tended to focus on all the things I didn't understand. But I learned not to concern myself with what I didn't understand and just focus on the things I did understand. In Utah, where we came before living in Bishop, we were there for 10 years, there is a place called the Kendicott Mine. It used to be the largest open pit mine in the world, and then China beat us. Um, Now, they have the largest open pit mine. Mr. Kendicott was ridiculed and mocked when he began this mine because only 2% of the ore had any value. Think about that. A shovel of dirt and only 2% was worth anything. And they said, you will never make any money off this mine. More copper has been produced than any other mine in history. 17 million tons of copper and 23 million ounces of gold, which they weren't actually looking for, and 190 million ounces of silver. The cumulative value exceeds the Comstock, the Klondike, and the California gold rushes altogether. And so it is with reading the word. You may only understand 2% of that, but if you keep mining over the course of the years and obey that small percent that you understand, trust the Lord for the rest. You will have riches beyond your imagination in knowing Christ. The Bible, I think of it as a slow-release vitamin. You know, when I take a vitamin in the morning, I don't suddenly feel energized and healthy. I don't feel the instant effects of it, right? But over the course of time, I notice that I'm stronger. I'm less, um, I'm more resistant to disease. And I'm quick to bounce back if I'm laid low. Likewise, I might not feel the immediate effects of reading the word in the morning. But often later, as I face a challenge or a question or something comes up in my just daily living, a verse will come up, and the truth of that verse, and I'll go, oh, that's what that meant. And I'll know how to respond to that challenge. The thing is, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we can and must 
trust that God wants to speak to you. If you have asked Jesus to come into your life and you have made him Lord of your life and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And the Holy Spirit, his job is to reveal Christ to you. That's his job. You can trust as a believer, God wants to speak to you. And I loved what Brian um, said yesterday as we were talking about this. If you want to hear the Lord speak to you, read the word. If you want to hear the Lord speak audibly to you, read it out loud. (laughs) I love that. Just as mining ore takes time and tools and equipment, it's helpful to have some of that for profiting through the word. And so we always start with prayer. Because the word is living, I can read it over and over. And every time I read it, oh, something pops out. For instance, this week, I was reading about the four soils. You know, that the birds came and took some of the seed that was planted in the soil. The, the seeds were tossed, and there were, three, uh, there were four different conditions. One was the birds came and ate it. One was the thorns. And the other was, um, what was the other one? Oh, huh? Yeah, the rocks. And then there was good soil. Well, I just sort of glossed over that because I've always thought of it as, well, you know, they're talking about people who come to Christ. The soil's ready and they receive the word. So, but I started, I started with prayer. And I was looking at that. My first thought was, yeah, I've I've read that. I've I've, I've read that before. (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, wait a minute. There, maybe, maybe there might be some birds and thorns and rocks in my life. And I started looking at that, and the Holy Spirit showed me things from that were birds that were snatching things out of my life that weren't supposed to be snatched out of my life. Distractions, those are birds. The distractions of life. There were some thorns. Those were judgments, some things that I had um, entangled myself in that I shouldn't have. And, um, and there were rocks. Lord, there are things that I'm resisting. And I'm asking you to help me no longer resist. So come to the word every morning with fresh eyes. And come with confidence, knowing that God is going to speak to you personally. There is a learning curve to reading the Bible and hearing it for yourself. What the message is for you. I know sometimes in church, I um, sit in the back and as my husband's speaking, um, I see people nudging, especially wives, nudging their husbands like, oh, this is a really good message for you. Don't we do that? We hear the word, and instead of saying, okay, Lord, does this apply to me? It's like, oh, I know who that's for. So I'm going to teach you a method. We have Ann Graham Lotz to thank for this. Maybe you um, guys are familiar with it. It's made reading the word very simple for me, but it's a really helpful tool. And I've been using this method a long time. Um, And now the only time that I sense the Lord not speaking to me when I'm reading his word is when I haven't obeyed the last thing he told me to do. We can't expect the Lord to speak to us a fresh thing when we've ignored the last thing. And I have so many of examples of that in my life. And when the Lord is silent in my life, I have to say, okay, what is it? And sometimes he'll show it to me. And honestly, there have been times when I go, oh, that. <laughs> That's not important. <laughs> sin is sin. 
when he shows you something, to him, it's displeasing. Otherwise, he wouldn't show it to you. And so we confess it, renounce it, take care of it, and we're done with it. So first we pray, and then we read through the passage. You are going to need Bibles. Did you bring Bibles? If you didn't bring Bibles, there's a bunch of them back there. I, I just want to stop and have you go get a Bible because you will need a Bible. And I, you might have one on your phone, but I don't think we have the Wi-Fi here for it. And we're going to turn, for those of you who have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke 8. Luke chapter 8. For those of you who aren't real familiar with the Bible, it's in the New Testament. You know, you have a, you have an index, or an index, and a content. You have a content in the front. Look it up. They even give you the page number. So we're looking at Luke. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Chapter eight. Find Mark chapter 8. And we're going to read just simply 43 through 48. Excuse me. Sheesh. Luke. Excuse me. Yes, Luke. Chapter 8. 43 through 48. Sorry. Okay. You may have a different translation than I do. And I apologize for that. It does make things a bit confusing. But I'm going to just read it out loud. And if you can follow along, Luke 8, starting with verse 43. Now a woman having a flow, some translations say issue, which is the actual word. Now a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of Jesus' garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me. For I perceived power going out of me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. We're going to read this again, but first I want to share with you, and if you have a way to take notes, I encourage you to take notes. We're going to ask ourselves three questions. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? That's all. What does it say? What does it mean? And most importantly, 
what does it mean to me? On what does it say if you are taking notes? It's just the facts. We're not reading into it. We're just reading it. You can look for repeated words. You know, they didn't have highlighters in the Bible times. So when there's a repeated word, that's a highlighted word or idea. So look for repeated words. Remember in first grade, we learned that little poem about, I have six little friends. Something like, who teaches first grade? Who, what, why, when, and how? I don't know. I, it was supposed to rhyme. I'm sorry. I've forgotten it. But it's, it's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Those are the things you want to be thinking about when you are reading the word. Look for nouns and verbs. Just look at it. Put yourself in it. You may find more or less facts than somebody else, but facts are facts. They're not going to change, and we're not paraphrasing. We're just listing the facts. Some of you are writers. You're going to have every fact written down, and others of you will just put one word, woman, issue. Okay, so what does it mean? Think about what is being said. You can go back up to your list of facts, and you do this, you write this down and find any lessons or principles, maybe a promise of the Lord, some examples, what we should be doing, what we should not be doing. Like, what does it mean? And then. Look for characteristics of God. What does it say about God? What does it say about people? What does it say about the situation? You know, just what does it mean? And you can ask the Holy Spirit, what does this mean? I do that a lot. There are things that I'm just stumped on. And then I'll say, what does this mean? And I may not hear it right then, but I'll hear it later. I had this huge hang-up about when I um, probably, I don't know, I'd been a believer maybe five years. I had this hang-up about Adam and Isaac. I mean, Abraham and Isaac. I just, I just didn't like that passage. And I prayed for a long time, Lord, what does this mean? And one day I'm driving between L.A. and Sacramento. It just hit me. And I started crying. Oh, my gosh. Lord, it was, it was just amazing. It was like the Holy Spirit, when I was ready, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that whole thing about Abraham and Isaac and what it meant. Okay, and then finally, and all important, what does it mean to me? Not your neighbor, not your husband. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. What is the Lord saying to me personally? Apply it, do it, and that is the most important thing. Okay, so we're going to go through and read it again. And this is an interactive time, so I'm going to ask you questions. And if you raise your hand and answer, you're going to have to shout for other people to hear it. So be brave, okay? Let's pray. I want you to just pray quietly for the Holy Spirit to speak to you.
Amen. We're going to read it again. And I do encourage you, when you're reading through the Bible, stop and look at a passage that maybe kind of has an invisible neon sign over it. Sometimes when I'm reading through the Bible, and I've, I've read through the Bible in a year, and I do that sometimes, but sometimes I just like to go really slowly and hear what's going on. I think both are important. Okay, so now a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years. She had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. She came from behind. She touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, we're going to go back up, and we're going to take every verse. Don't assume there's nothing in the verses. Um, for instance, in Isaiah, Isaiah says, In the year... King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Well, that's a historical fact. King Uzziah had died, he saw the Lord. So you could look at that and say, well, that's just a historical fact. But King Uzziah was the king, and he was in some way, either by friendship or relationship, related to Isaiah. And you know, Isaiah, when you have uh, a friend or a relative in high places, you have perks, right? You maybe sometimes eat dinner at the at the castle, or um, you there are benefits. There are just you know material benefits sometimes to having someone, a friend or a relative in high places. And those people that we rely on can sometimes block our view from the Lord. But in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Sometimes it takes the removal of those things that we rely on for us to see the Lord. Okay, so let's look at it all together. We know what it says. We're going to skip that part due to time. What does it mean? Not what does it mean to me, just what does it mean? What does it mean? 43, now a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, could not be healed by any. What does that mean? And uh, just raise your hand if you have an idea of, of as you're observing that. Yes. Really loud. Really loud. Would you agree with that? She feels hopeless. What else? Okay. It doesn't say that yet. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Please forgive me. Yes. For 12 years, she had spent everything. Yes. I'm sorry. I misunderstood what you were saying. Uh, say that. She was untouchable. Why? The law said 
She was unclean. What does untouchable mean? Think about that as a wife, as a mother, as a person in society. No hugs. She was unclean. Think about it. What else? Somebody else had a hand up. Yeah. She was physically weak. Think about it. I'm, I don't know about you, but, you know, gosh, you know, when you have long periods or heavy periods, how you feel so drained at the end. Twelve years. Twelve years. What else? Anything else? Broke. She was broke. Yeah. Okay. Actually, and in the um, in one of the other gospels, it says not only had they not helped her, but they had caused her more suffering. The physicians has that ever happened to you? You've gone to a doctor for help, and they end up making it worse. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. She was without hope. Okay, now forty-four. What does it mean? She came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately. Her flow of blood stopped. What does that mean? Yes. She didn't want to be noticed. You think she had much self-confidence? Right. She was just touching just the dirtiest part. The dirtiest part of Jesus, if there's such a thing. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the part that had dragged on the ground. Just... Just that. Is there any anything else? Yes. 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 And right in front of you. Oh, is that the truth? Why? She had to have, I'm sorry, she had to have some moxie to go there because she was she what could have what could have happened to her stoned she could have been stoned she was touching a rabbi she could have been stoned to death and what happened when she touched when she touched the border what does it say Immediately, her flow of blood stopped. Wow. Instantly, it's gone. And look to the next one, 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, <laughs> Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you, and you say, who touched me? Oh, very interesting. Okay, what do you see? What do you see in this? Jesus is calling attention to it. Yes. What else? Jesus cares. The disciples didn't have faith. Yeah. What else? Yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. Whenever Jesus asks us a question, he already knows the answer, so why is he asking it? 
Pardon? He felt it. What else? Pardon me? Okay, okay. All right, so he asked that question. He doesn't ask it for his benefit, right? So he's asking it for her benefit. He already knows the answer. Okay, interestingly, others are pressing him. It says that, right? Many are touching him. Can you imagine? I mean, whenever he went anywhere and he was healing people, they pushed Sometimes he had to get in the boat just to not be crushed by them. You know, like, what, Walmart on Black Friday? You know? But look at this. What does it say the others said? It says, and Jesus said, who touched me? What is, what's the next phrase? Not me, I didn't touch you. They're all it says they're pressing him. <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. Yes. Okay. Everyone was pressing him, but only that one lady was healed. What's with that? Okay. All right. She was seeking him out. Yeah. Um, they all denied it. And interestingly, Peter, what do you think his tone of voice was with Jesus? Mocking. What, is it, what does it say again? Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? Does that sound respectful to you? It is demeaning. <laughs> Are we ever questioning God <laughs> in sarcastic ways? I think I have, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else on that? Yes. Oh. Yes, yes. And sometimes we are healed immediately, and sometimes it's a process. Mm -hmm. But she knew she was healed immediately. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, and then uh, 46, it says, J Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Okay, what do you see there? He has power. He has power, yes. It was extended to her, yes. It's not just a, you know, a blanket power going out to everyone. It was extended to her, yes. Oh, I love that. It's very personal. Jesus cares about everything that happens in our lives. Is that what you said? Everything that happens in our life to every person. Yeah. I mean, she was the least, right? She was unclean. <laughs> I can't tell whether you're swatting flies or raising your hand. <laughs> um, anyone else on that? 
Yes. He wanted to heal me. Okay. This is very interesting. I don't know if it says it in your translation, but that word flow or issue, Jesus says, when he says, I felt power leave me, it's actually in the Greek, I felt power issue forth. And he uses the same term, the same word that is used for her issue of blood. And it's a rather unique word. Jesus says, I felt power issue forth. He used this term to help the woman know that he knows exactly who it is that touched him. And it worked, right? 47. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Wow. Okay. What do you see there? No, go ahead. Okay, she knew right then. Jesus knew all about her, knew who she was. Yeah, what else? Somebody back in here said something. It's, oh, a teaching moment. Yes. She's scared. She's trembling. She's falling on her face. She's afraid. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. And could she have? She'd been healed, right? She could have she ignored all of that and just gone away, right? She could have done that. She was already healed, yes. Oh, I love that. She was willing to take Punishment because it was worth it to her. Yes. Okay, and it says, let's read it again. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling. Yes, she shows faith, right? She is on her way out. You know, she's high, she's hidden. But she has, it takes it takes faith to do what she did. She has Jesus' power. It issued forth from him. If you were her, think about that. What would you have done? You're already healed. Yes, Cecilia. Oh, my gosh. Okay, did you hear that? She had to confess. She was destitute. As far as everyone else was concerned, she was still unclean. She had to confess aloud. Amazing. Yes.
my gosh. Yes. Did you hear what she said? She was healed. But she went in. When she took a stand, when she confessed, she was in for a greater healing, a social healing. Wow. She could have remained hidden. She could have denied it. It wouldn't have, you know, she was healed. She, she got what she had come for, right? And I'm sure what was going through her mind is when she gets exposed, are those guys going to pick up stones and just throw them, start throwing them? Or maybe for stealing power from him. But here's the benchmarks by which all else in her life would be measured. She goes for it. And she comes forward, like you said, trembling. Literally, that means scared to death, that word terrified. But she didn't let her fear stop her, did she? Wasn't that she didn't feel fear. She felt fear. Scared to death. But it didn't stop her. She falls down and declares so all can hear. Think about that too. There's a multitude there. She wasn't like, it was me. She declared it so all can hear why she touched him and that she was healed. She could have chosen to slip away. She had what she wanted. But she would have missed out, like you said. She would have missed out on another more intimate healing that of the heart that she would have missed. What does he call her in the next verse, 48? He said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He calls her what? Daughter. What does daughter mean? It means relationship. When you are the daughter of someone loving and caring, and able. Think about that. He could have called her woman, right? He doesn't. Daughter. He was letting her know that he loved her. He had an investment in her. What is the responsibility of a father? To love. And what is the responsibility of a daughter? To respond to the love, right? Yes, to love. And all of that, that, what does it mean to be Christ's daughter? Oh, my gosh. Think of all those other people pressing in on him. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Do you know that he wants to call you daughter? Those of you who have accepted the Lord, have come to him. He calls you daughter. And what does he say to her? Yeah, what's the first thing he says? He says, first of all, be of what? Be of good cheer. That means be encouraged. What's, what's encouraged mean? It means have courage. Have daughter. Have courage. And then what does it say? What does it mean? Your faith and reliance on God has healed you. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. 
And that's what salvation is. It's wholeness. Your faith has made you whole. Think about what does it mean to be whole? You know, we think in terms of, yes. Wow. Yes, she was unclean. And it was her faith in him that made her clean. Thank you. Anything else? Yes. Oh, she has peace. She has peace. She doesn't have anything to worry about now. She has peace. What were you going to say, Sean? Interesting. Interesting, yes. Your faith, reliance on God for wholeness, salvation, has made you well, and it means whole, preserved. Yes, back, way back there. Yes. It is yes. It is a figure of salvation. Yes, not just physical. It is salvation. And it says go in peace, and that go in peace means security, joy, safety, and prosperity. I want you to think about, without saying anything, what that means to you. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through his word right now. This woman had an issue that made her unclean, preventing her from relationship with others. We have an issue. We have an issue, and that issue is called sin. It's missing the mark of perfection. God who created us and created this world is perfect. We miss the mark. We are not perfect. We cannot make ourselves perfect, and yet that is what is required to go to heaven. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. She had spent all she had and had suffered much at the hands of doctors. We too suffer due to our sin, don't we? And we can never pay the price to be healed. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. This woman brought her issue to Christ. She believed in her heart that he could heal her, and he did. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be whole. She had no power. There was nothing in her that she could do to resolve her situation. But she knew if she just touched the very least of Jesus, if there is such a thing, just the dirty hem of his robe, that it would be enough. And his power went forth to heal. And the Bible says, 
It is unmerited favor. It is by grace you are made whole. It is by grace you are saved. Through faith, not by works, so that we can't brag about it. We can't boast about our standing with God. Prior to that moment of reaching out to him, she was hidden in the crowd. Only she knew her need. There may be some here today, I believe there are, that have been hidden in the crowd. You go to church. You've even served maybe in church. Maybe you've taught Sunday school. Maybe you've been on the worship team. You're in church, but you're hidden in the crowd, and you know that you have not come to him, that you have not received that power for eternal life, that power that makes the unclean clean. Have never come to nail it with Jesus Christ. This woman took a great risk in publicly taking a stand. She risked being stoned to death. That's not just embarrassment. That's being stoned to death. But she did it anyway, and Jesus calls her daughter. And I'm going to ask you, if you also would like to begin a relationship with God, maybe you have been hidden, but if you would like to confess him as Lord, that you have never before asked him to come into your life to bring his cleansing power, to wash away your sins so that you can be his daughter. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And if you do stand, I want your friends around you to stand with you. So is there anyone here who would like to stand and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? Now is the time. Thanks be to God. Please stand with her. Please stand with her. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? This is your last opportunity right now. Anyone else want to come to Christ? Okay. What is your name? Delilah. Delilah, what a blessing. We're so grateful for your courage. We thank you that you've come to Christ today. We're going to pray. Um, who, who did you come with? Okay, would you like to pray for her? Would you like to pray? Nice and loud so everyone can hear. Amen. Thank you. Delilah, new daughter. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. After we close, if you have any questions, if any of you do have questions, um, there are people that would be happy to answer your questions. Sherry here and Amber and myself. Um, we're just so grateful, Delilah. You're, you're my sister. I love it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, how we thank you that we have you as our Father. Lord, we are asking 
that you would complete the work that you've begun in each of us. We thank you so much for Delilah, for our new sister. Thank you, Lord, that someday we will be in heaven, all together around your throne, every nation, every tongue, every tribe, worshiping you. How we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a time, a very brief time, for people to just share something that the Lord has done in them this weekend. We're asking for one sentence. So I'm going to give you some time to kind of mush it all together into one sentence. I think that'll work. After this song, um, I will ask some of you if you'd like to share maybe just one sentence of what the Lord has done in your life this weekend. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet Caught up in this holy moment Never
Okay, so I'm going to open it up. We have um, just a brief amount of time. Yes, stand. Please stand and say it loudly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. that God is in control, that his Holy Spirit is real in her. Thank you so much. Yes, nice and loud for everyone. Josephine. Josephine. Freedom. Yay, freedom. That's awesome. Thank you, both of you. Who else? Yes. A new beginning. Thank you, Lord. That's great. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'll persevere until I learn to hear God's voice. Glory to God. Yes, way back there. Thank you for the, thankful for the fellowship this weekend. Yes. The sisters in Christ. Yes. Happiness. Amen. Yes. We are made complete in Jesus. Yes. Obedience. Yes. Who else? Yes. A renewed spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. The blessings of Christ-centered friendship. Amen. We get encouragement from each other. Anyone else? Yes. A blessing to watch her daughter growing in Christ. Yes. How wonderful that she came with a lot of emotions, a lot of things that she was struggling with. And through the worship time, she was able to let go of those things. Yes. Closeness with Jesus. Yes. Yes. Everyone has a different story. We all have gone a different, through different things, a different path. We should be able to share 
that story, what God has done. Yes, yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let's close with that. Lord, we just thank you so much.